Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you. All right, it's been a while since I've been uh, teaching CE Hour, and I thought a really good lesson would be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. So this is going to be an intro today, and um, we will uh, go through all the different fruit. You know, so I'm not saying fruits. It's the fruit. That, that, that's, that's a uh, precursor to what we're going to be talking about. Uh, before we start, let's pray. Lord, we come before you, and Lord, we thank you for your word. We're thankful for uh, that you have given us the instruction manual for life, especially for the believer, and that, Lord, uh, that we should take everything to heart and, Lord, grow in our sanctification through your word. Lord, we thank you for uh, Galatians that we're going to be going through today and the fruit of the Spirit, and that, Lord, uh, that you would be glorified. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I always like to, when, when I ever I read an, an area, I always like to look what the context is, right? What's in front of it, what's behind it. And uh, it just happens, I just found out pastors talking about the law today, Galatians has a lot to do with the Mosaic Law. And, um, you know, right before um, we get into the fruit of the Spirit, the passage that talks about the fruit of the Spirit, Paul is scolding the Galatians for their uh, needing to circumcise everybody, right? And Paul is like, you know, so, so let's let's get something clear right right out off the gate. When we're talking about the law, the law is still in effect. It's something every Christian should love. It's part of our sanctification, right? Um, so so you, you get clear on that. But Paul was appalled that they were still requiring circumcision. You know, if you remember correctly, he went as far as in bold, and Paul does this a lot, where he like almost exaggerates to get his point apart, you might as well just cut everything off, right? In, in, in order to do that. And, um, and, you know, one would need flawless compliance of the law to be, for the law to be saved, right? And so, so the Mosaic laws, you know, that is what Israel was following. Um, but, uh, Paul sums it up well in verse uh, five. Uh, uh, 
I mean, chapter 5, verse uh, 5 and 6, 5 and 6. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are wanting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working through love. And uh, love is a big theme through this, too, because, you know, the, the first fruit of the Spirit that we're going to be talking about is love. Our passage uh, that we're going to be uh, focusing in on is Galatians five sixteen through 26. So if you want to turn there, I'm going to go ahead and I'll, I'll do my John MacArthur where he goes this and he just looks down and reads right now. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll start. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So there's this like, you know, total polar opposites here, right? Um, it sets desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality now there notice notice uh, the works here is plural right the works of the flesh or the deeds of the flesh um, depending on which translation you're looking at it says are immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmities, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I think when we look at that, you know, are before we knew Christ, we could see a lot of our characteristics in that, right? Uh, you know, just, just uh, it, it's a bunch of negativity coming right at you, but Paul's just calling it all out, right? And, and the, you know, this isn't an ex- obviously an exhaustive list, but, you know, it's, these are the deeds or, or, the, or the works of uh, the flesh, which is total polar opposite of works of the spirit and then it says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law For those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh in its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not be boastful, challenging one another and envying one another. Now, Christian freedom is not legalism, okay? Um, you know, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? What, what's, what does that look like? And, and the answer, uh, the apostle demonstrates it 
in the manifestation of the fruits of the Spirit. We will be known by our fruit, right? If, if they're, you know, we're not God. So when we, when we see people, you know, we, you know, we can't say, oh, so-and-so's saved or not saved. Uh, we can kind of draw conclusions by the what? The fruit, right? What, what are they producing? Um, what, what's coming out of them, right? What are the actions that we're seeing, right? In, and it is uh, a true change of heart. And you should see this. Not only should people see this in you, what fruit are you seeing in yourself, right? What fruit are you seeing in yourself? What is manifesting in your life? Are you seeing that fruit yourself, right? And I think that's, a, that's, a, that's the biggest, you know, that, that's one of the biggest uh, barometers. Other than that, my, you know, my, 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 this, is, this is Dan Gibson thinking here. The, the biggest barometer to me is after you're saved, what do you want to do? You want to be around other saints. You know, somebody says they're saved and they don't want to go to church. They don't want to fellowship. Something's wrong. I, 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 I got to question that. Now, note that when Paul was describing the works of the flesh that, or the deeds of the flesh, depending on your translation, uh, that it was plural, right? So, you know, again, this isn't an exhaustive, but it's a pretty damning text of, of you know, deeds of the flesh. And um, like I said, we've all been there, right? Uh, we, we've all seen that in ourselves, um, and sometimes those things, here's where you walk a fine line, right? We're still being sanctified. We talked about this before. We're still in our sanctification period. We still sin, right? And we still might see some of these creeping back out, but that shouldn't be the norm. Now, when Paul speaks about the fruit of the Spirit, so we just call it the deeds or the works, it's plural, the fruit of the Spirit is singular. Why, why, why is that? Why, why would it be singular? Believers who abide in Christ through the Holy Spirit cannot help but yield lives which the fruit of the Spirit predominates in their life. Okay? Um, and the fruit of the Spirit is one. Right? And when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it's all involved in one. We'll get into this more because we're going to talk about love next week. Love is obviously predominant. It's the first one listed. It is, uh, you know, the, the one that you need for the others to be there also, right? Um, but if you notice, since it's the fruit of the Spirit, none of these are optional for the believer. None of these are optional for the believer. Uh, we can't pick the fruit of the Spirit because guess what? We're not the Spirit, right? If the Spirit lives within us, if we're regenerated, you know, we're part of the kingdom, yes, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have those. Uh, but it's not of ourselves, right? Um, I think all of us realize the changes in our lives after we were saved, right? Right? Uh, scripture comes alive, 
right? Uh, just, just like things that you read a hundred times before. Maybe you were just going through the motion. Maybe you were, you know, a lot of my kids were raised in the church. So they heard these verses over and over and over again. And after you're saved, what those really mean to you, right? What, what, what those, and, and, and it's, it's amazing, those changes. And it was just, uh, you know, I didn't agree with everything he said, but our pastor uh, used to say something, and it, was, it really is true. If you could see what I have in my heart, you would want it too. Because it is something, it's hard to put to words, Right? Uh, when we witness and we, and we give um, testimony and we, and we share the gospel, um, it is a compelling. It, you know, it, 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 the Spirit compels us to do so. Um, now, as we look at the top of the passage, Paul is telling us to walk by the Spirit so we do not gratify the desires of the flesh. So here at Christ Rock Church and a lot of Reformed churches, what do we start off with at, at the beginning of service? Confession of sin, right? Um, this, this is, this is uh, because we still desire to serve ourselves, right? We are selfish human beings. We, we, we really, really are. And, you know, it is, it is a daily and it is a daily, daily battle with the flesh because you want to give in because I deserve it. You know, nobody's going to see this. I'm, I'm you know, it, God sees everything, right? He sees everything. He knows how you're walking. So we start off with the confession of sin. Um, so we, because we still serve our flesh, and this is a period, I mean, during this period of sanctification, uh, we need to come before the Lord, especially in the Lord's Day worship, and confess sin. So, you know, I always, you know, include him in prayers so we can worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. If we have sin that's dampening us, we cannot worship the Lord fully. Because what are we doing? We're serving self and not the Lord. Um. The spirit and the flesh are polar opposites. It is, it is, it is a battle. You know, I, we, we talked about the old man and the new man, right? That, 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 that's going on uh, during this time of sanctification. It, 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 is, it is a battle. And they oppose each other. And feeding the flesh says in verse 17, it says, keeps you from doing the things you want to. How many times have you done something and you go, why did I do that? Why did I do that? You know, words came out, you know, we always say, you know, we, if, if I could take those words and put them back in my mouth, I, I would. And uh, so we want, so, so the flesh keeps you from doing the things you want to do. And what are the things should we want to do? If we are his and we are being led by the Spirit, that should be our guiding principle at all time, right? We should be following what the Lord wants. Also, it's good to note in verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, 
you are not under the law, right? And again, does that mean, is the law abolished? No, absolutely not. The law points to Christ. The law is, uh, when you look at, it's, it's, it's God's character, right? It makes real good sense why, we, why you couldn't follow the law and be saved. It took Christ because there's nobody that's that perfect. And, and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees took it to a huge extreme. I forget what they did. They took the Ten Commandments, and I think by the time they were done with it, it was like 1,600 different laws, you know, even down to like how you walked on, on the Sabbath and stuff. You couldn't hurry on the Sabbath, you know, or, you know, if your lamb fell down in the field, you couldn't go save it, right? Stupid stuff. Now, Paul uses his letter to Galatians to strongly note that the law is not nullified, but is fulfilled. And the only way possible is this, is through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, Paul goes to great lengths to demonstrate that the Mosaic law was not contrary to God's promises. This is where we run into, a uh, pastor and I were talking about this uh, right before our prayer time. I, I, I love that time we have together. And we see that in a lot of dispensational churches. Either, either they're saying the law is abolished, you don't need any, you just need Jesus. And some go to the far extreme of saying you don't need the Old Testament. And, you know, here, here's, here, here's something that I had a question when we went to a dispensational church that I can never get a really good answer. Is how are people saved in the Old Testament? And it would stump, you know, uh, anybody that's a dispensationalist. It's not that difficult. It's the same way we're saved today, through Jesus Christ, right? Calling of his elect. Now, Paul goes, again, to great length uh, to demonstrate the Mosaic law is not contrary to God's promise. The law was never meant and has never been an independent source of justification. Again, it's always been pointing to Christ in the Old Testament, and it's always been uh, the law always personifies who God is, right? And it really, it's hard for us to look at the law because we know we fall short of it, right? There's nothing, and that's why it points to Christ because it's only a perfect sacrifice that could fulfill that law. But the law still stands today. It's part, look at the law as part of our sanctification. Right? That is something that we should be looking at at all times in, in our walk. Um, the law is used to point, was, was used to point Israel to Christ. Believers now and in the past have only been saved through Christ alone. And Christ himself said in Matthew 517, do not presume that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Uh, you know, and you can imagine, you know, all through humanity before Christ was hung on that cross, right? All humanity, they were striving for these uh, 
you know, to follow the Mosaic law. And you look at the Ten Commandments, and I, I love uh, Ray Comfort. Uh, back in the days, uh, he would go, and he's like, hey, do you know what the Ten Commandments are? Almost everybody knows Ten Commandments. And we'd start going, have you ever done one of these? Yeah. Then you, it says you broke them all. You know? So, you know, where does that leave you? You know, and, and he asks those probing questions. I, I, I love that. But, but Christ, it points again to Christ came to fulfill that. Verse 23 states after listing uh, the fruits against such things, there is no law. Christ fulfilled it all, right? Um, Christ alone is Savior, and he bore the curse of the law for our place on the cross. Again, he bore the curse of the law. What's the curse of the law? Or the law can't fulfill it. It's impossible for you to fulfill the law. But the law is still beautiful. The reason being is, again, it is all about who God is, his character, right? So the Christian... And that should have been one of the big things that changed in your life after salvation, whether you noticed it or not. You couldn't maybe at the time go, I was like, oh, okay, this, that's what this is saying. But when you think about it, the law now is a beautiful thing for the believer, right? It can only, because we know that Christ fulfilled it. You know, Galatians were constantly... Uh, reminder, uh, remind of uh, justification. Um, the two final verses I, I thought were interesting were 25 and 26. It says, 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Okay? Let us not become boastful, challenging one another or envying one another. So if we live by the Spirit, what does that look like? I mean, it's not easy. It, it really isn't. It, it, in the only way, we, we pray, Pastor and I always pray for uh, the faithfulness of the congregation. You know, that's one of the, one of the lines that, would, that, that we go through and we trade off uh, praying. And um, how does that faithfulness come to be? You know, you can't be a closet Christian. Right? It's, it's, again, through prayer, through rereading, through fellowship, being accountable to one another, right? Uh, and and what, are your, what are your desires of your heart? You know, you really, there's a lot of introspection that has to go on here. What are the desires of your heart? I mean, there's some good things that we can want to be. Best mom in the world, the best dad in the world, right? The best employee, at Acme, you know, or, you know, the best coffee brewer. Uh, <laughs> uh, but is, is, is that what we need? No, we need to strive to serve our Lord and to walk in the Spirit. And the only way we can walk in the Spirit is if we're guided by the Spirit. And, we, and again, that's, that, is, that is that battle, right? Wanting that desire to walk in the Spirit. It's easier said than done, folks, right? Um, 
I, I almost ventured to say it was easier for me to live in my sin before I was saved because I didn't care, right? Now that all this has been revealed to me through God's word, it is a daily challenge. It is a daily challenge. Um, and, and I'm sure it's not just for me. I'm sure it's for everybody in this room. Um, but let's not be boastful, challenging in one, one another. Um, the cross broke the grip of the law. The cross broke the grip of the law. So we should be walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. Boastful is also translated as conceitedness, right? Um, that is one area that I have noticed, especially in the reform circles, uh, is the desire to throw out the million-dollar words, right, and, and try to show how educated you are. That is not love. Because st- Paul's still talking to believers here, right? You know, what, what does it say? It says... Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, or envying one another. Great. You have the head knowledge? That's wonderful. Use it to edify the saints, not to beat the saints now. Not to show how smart you are. Um, you know, I've run into this in the secular world, too, in, in, in professions and stuff like that. People like to flaunt their knowledge. Um, it, it, it doesn't... Um, it, it doesn't edify the church, right? So, so uh, I, I, I really am reserved. I, 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 I saw a lot, of, not a lot, but some of it when, when we were at uh, ShepCon. Just listening to some conversations, it seemed like people were trying to over-theology, you know, theologianize themselves. I just invented a word. So you, I'm not going to be conceited because I invented a word, okay? Uh, (laughs) all right speaking of love that is going to be the next subject of uh, ce's hours so we're going to step through each one of these and uh, and if we are in step with the spirit we cannot help but show love to one another you're going to find out love love is something you know just a little preview is something that's just not, we've abused love in this society. Love comes in caring, working with, under, trying to understand where others are at in their walk and sanctification. But love is also executed in discipline. Uh, so we're going to get into that. I am trying to, you know, and I, I, I did a pretty good job. We're at 11.28. I'm trying to keep these to 30-minute bites so we can have a little bit of fellowship in between. Any, any questions or comments? Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Illyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. 
Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Something Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you.